everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yeah, you're uh, very welcome along. Sometimes you come in, you've everything planned, and then a news bombshell just hits you. So we are going to deal with that news bombshell very shortly. It's uh, Johnny and Dan, as ever, and got to get through our sponsors, uh, without whom we obviously wouldn't be here in all of our marketing. There is one, uh, not a sponsor, but they do look after us uh, with uh, this great landlord, great facilities, and uh, benign landlord in these difficult times in Dublin. Future Ticketing, uh, who I can happily report have never been happier with uh, the League of Ireland in terms of how it's going for obvious reasons. Collar and Cuff, who uh, finally um, gave me a lovely, lovely tin of fruit last week and I'm going to wear at, um, at the wedding, which is a week later than I thought. I look I look well if I fit into it, but fair enough to say, Dan. Um, big proviso. I have to fit into it and I have to lose a little bit of weight, but I'll get there. Um, as was the, the gag last week. Porterhouse Brewery, who are sponsoring a free beer every week, uh, four brews, and Malone Financial Services as well, Dan. Yeah, that is the last one. Free financial review from Malone Financial Services, but they're also um, they're, they've helped. They, they would help out players in the league when they have sort of a long-term injury or some issue. And today's guest is Brian Gartland, who was someone who would have availed of their services during uh, the long-term injury he he suffered last year. And and you know the the, the primary. Uh, subject we're going to cover on this show today is is Brian's book One Last Shot, which has been recently released, and it's, uh, it's doing doing well in the, in the various charts. And we both picked it up at various times in the last week, um, uh, and we'll be discussing that with Brian in detail. So that's going to be the main bulk of this week's show. Um, Bozer Rose said, "Did I get it in the communion section?" Which I thought was a little bit harsh. And it, it, it's not it's not true at all. Bozer. The the suit obviously. I thought you meant the book. No. <laughs> Did you go to Veritas <laughs> to pick it up? Um, so, Buzzer, no, I didn't. And I'll send you on a photo because uh, uh, I, I am actually delighted with it. I, did, I ended up being there for about an hour talking to John, who worked for a lad I used to know and give tips to in the League of Ireland in another store in Dublin. There's always a connection somewhere. There's always a connection. Did you ever go to Veritas? I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't, neither of us are particularly religious, but I don't like to be disrespectful about it either. But the day before my wedding, I was sent in there to pick up, I think, some gift or something. And it was just, I mean, what is Veritas? It's, it's like, it's sort of a, it's a sort of a Christian Catholic sort of bookstore, you know? So, oh, but yeah, it also yeah. would have, um, so like you would have gifts as well, you know, sort of various sort of, um, I don't know, little keepsakes or stuff like that. But mm. I mean, I was in there, so you know, taking pictures and sending them back and going, I don't really know. It's a, it was a bit like a Father Teddish in some respect. You know, it's like, this is the Holy Stone of Clon Rickard here. It's the but sa- This, this it's, is I'm the Holy make- Stone of Castle Blaney. Like, which one do you get? You know, I, I'm going to have a Father Ted reference later on as well. I was at a communion Saturday and that was weird. It was just like, kids going to get loads and loads and loads of money basically way yeah. more than i got in my day what uh, the, did you get for your i'd say like communion. i'd say seven or eight bob or something probably <laughs> my niece was up to you 500 went, quid the last did, time you were brought to a pate newsreel <laughs> afterwards <laughs> he got seven or eight bob um the, the reaction to the show was great last week, including from your wife, whose words were, do people actually listen, listen to, this? to this? And that, I think she nailed it. I was just, well, she if just, we wanted a She heard the slogan, section on, on Hadaway, which we can't go back to. listen to this? Do people actually listen to this? Um, if you are listening to the show... Um, um, Operation know. Brookweed, Dan. We've got to get into it. Brookweed? I think that's what it is. That's no. what it says here. Is it Brookweed? I thought that's it was That's what Brook- it says on RT. Ch- Paul Reynolds, the crime correspondent. Oh, I thought it was Brookwood. I was actually trying... I mean, we should, listen, we're being... We really need to get... If we're worried about things... We're being somewhat facetious 
this here, but um, it is obviously a very serious subject, which is sort of... arrested 10 men this morning. You're right, it's brookweed. It does make a little bit more sense. Weed, like weed is like you're picking something out of the ground. Brookwood, I was like, is this a housing estate somewhere? Mm. You know, that this is where all the people live. Some of the players involved in these games played like they were on weed, actually, Uh, uh, I would argue, but um, (laughs) in in connection with the games. We don't know what games, for sure. We don't. We don't don't actually know. Let's, you know... This is going to be one of those things that um, I find. This is one of those stories whereby people in within the League of Ireland are almost uh, conditioned towards it because we're aware of some of the recent history, um, and we have an idea, perhaps, what these uh, what this is um, referring to. Um, previous headlines that were kind of captured in 2019 when there was. Know searches and 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 interviews and and various things that took place at that stage. Now we're not one hundred percent sure. It's one of those. We're speaking on Wednesday morning. This has just come out. The it's investigation very, began in twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's very possible that by the time you know this comes out, there might be more information in the public domain. Mm. There's an FBI statement too. We might get that before the show is is over. Um, but so we have to speak in very general terms. Whatever people may think they know about this particular case or the knowledge they may have of it. But, yeah, the, the statement was issued this morning, uh, at Operation Brookweed, a day of action in relation to match fixing in the League of Ireland. And that's a very strong statement. It's one that will lead a lot of radio news bulletins and stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of I people, can imagine Clara Byrne is yeah, all well, over Well, it. people will just hear match fixing, League of Ireland... And, and that's obviously one of these that everyone is sort of tarred with the brush. So no matter how maybe sometimes here we can be somewhat flippant because we would have a, a, a sort of an anecdotal knowledge of certain tales in recent years that people might have an idea about. Um, and, and obviously previously, separately, you know, we had the Athlone case where Eager Le Butts was was eventually cleared you know and we've had um you know we're probably conditioned to these type of stories and we obviously know that there's 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 match fixing which is obviously the manipulation of results and then there's obviously other you know spot betting and, and other various indiscretions which have affected a variety of other codes as well as as football but this in, in this instance match fixing yeah that's yeah in this this instance football is in the in the spotlight here. So the Anti-Bribery and Corruption Unit, the Garda National Economic Crime Bureau, has today carried out a day of action in relation to alleged max fixing in the League of Ireland as part of the planned operation in the southern region and Dublin metropolitan regions. Ten males aged in their early 20s to 60s have been arrested and a number of residential properties have been searched. The operation has been supported by resources attached to the Limerick and Cork City divisions. The males have been arrested on suspicion of the offence of conspiracy to defraud contrary to common law and are currently detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act 1984 at various stations in the southern region and Dublin metropolitan region. As you mentioned, the operation stems from an investigation carried out by detectives attached to the, to the aforementioned unit in 2019 following reports of suspected match-fixing received from the FBI and UEFA. Um, so there is quotes and then there's an appeal um, on Garda Shia appeals to any persons of any information in relation mm. to this to 
to contact them. I, so, watch, um, I watch a lot of FBI files and forensic detectives and uh, get a lot of grief from various people for watching. It's just my guilty pleasure. Like, I love, like... Crime. What, like CSI or something like yeah, that? Yeah, but they're specific and very old shows. But one of them recently was, like, um, the message we wanted to send out here was that if you think you've gotten away with something after several years, don't necessarily think that we're still, like, in, in this yeah. case. And I like the fact that three years later that something has come from presumably what happened in 2019 and I know it's bad publicity for the league um, but I'm delighted that a good investigation has obviously taken place here because um, I think that I think justice will be done I think justice will be done um, and I hope justice will be done yeah I think there's, there's not much more we can really say on I, should, I should also say that sorry around this time I was very much told um, by an intermediary that I should be very wary of reporting on because I did various stories on what would you say like um, irreg- on, a, on a particular irreg- case irreg- not necessarily on irregular betting par- patterns involving various clubs actually that were involved some obviously were completely innocent some may not have been so it was like this could have been any case right there were a lot yeah. I've, I've been reporting on irregular betting patterns in the League of Ireland going back to I'd say about my my Sindo days, which was what twenty oh six or something like that. So there have been like there have been this has popped up from time to time. But this was the first time in my life where I was actually feeling afraid for my my safety because it was like stop reporting on this, and I did. I did. I was mm. just like, um, and I'm not trying to make a big story out of this, but this is serious shit. This is serious, serious shit. Yeah, and as I said, we're we're not one hundred percent sure that the, the you know that this is the same case, but clearly there was headlines related mm. to. Um, you know, particular games in 2019, and I spoke well to people that within the league. Worse. I spoke to managers within the league about my misgivings um, about particular games, and um, it was it wasn't a nice time, Dan. In fairness, and I, I think we spoke. We, you know, it was more like a pub chat thing at the time because obviously you couldn't. You had to be very wary of what you're reporting on, but. Um, Things happened, in my view, that were were horrible to watch, and I hope justice is done. Yeah, exactly. No, I think the main thing really, but you can get sort of stuck in the the weeds of it as such. Um, we just have, we just have to let the case mm. take its course and see where it goes. Ten people arrested but the, but the, is, is yeah, really striking. Yeah, and, and quite a range in ages as well mm. too. If people might just think, say, um, they will look at say players on a pitch, you know. But obviously, this is this is there's a whole different age range here. You know what I mean? So. Um, but I think more than anything, like there's been various stories with this across my time reporting in the league. As then, as I said, of varying levels of seriousness. You know, from sort of little uh, and nothing is nothing is minor. But you've seen this in the UK, for example, a spot betting where kicking the ball out. Of yeah, play, exactly, so. out of play or just you if know, you're if you're not aware of or throw-ins or, or or various things. But if you're not aware of what can happen, right? So back in the day. Um, Say at the end of the season, a team might have nothing to play for and might yes. potentially throw the game, right? That yeah. that may happen. And the players that have 20 quid at 5-1 to one or something may happen and they win it. So that was grand. Then you got to the situation subsequently where in, in, in Asian betting markets, you could wager hundreds of grand in running, right? Yeah. And, and that, that may have happened. Then you've obviously other situations in 2019 that may have happened. It's very, very varied in terms of what can go on. But the Asian markets gave the opportunity to basically make massive, massive money yeah. and basically untraceable. Yes. And 
I don't think this is related to that at all, actually. But uh, it's it's it was horrific to figure out no, what no. could have happened. And you can't. That is true. As I said, you, the you implication be- being, sorry, Dan, sorry to cut across you. The implication being that it, betting and running cannot um, be suited to the punter because the model is in place that basically you can't win. You can obviously win if the game is bent. So that's why you could make a lot of money on this. And it has definitely happened across the world. Yeah. No, no, I think so. I think it's it's a massive problem for football globally, but it's it's on our doorstep too, because as you mentioned, the liquidity is there in certain places, um, you know, to, to get as much on as you can in the Champions League final as you could in a you know exactly. League of Honor exactly. first division game. Exactly. But but I suppose the thing is what you want to come from this is that it functions as some kind of deterrent to stop this from happening in the future I mean as I said there have been times in recent years where people in the league have been sort of engaging in a bit of a a sort of a knowing look over "Mm, I'm not sure about this or that now there hasn't been that stench around games in the last 12 months from my knowledge but that doesn't mean that that's not the case that doesn't mean you could be complacent about it doesn't mean it can't happen again it's so but, circumstantial but, as well but, but strong you know strong punishment for people mm. that that if people are proven to have been involved in this so accurately proven to have been involved in this and they get some kind of punishment that that does hopefully function as a deterrent because people know it's not just oh well, this match doesn't really matter we can sort of get away with this i mean it is a it is a it is it has been deemed as a crime. So like exactly. This is the point. So exactly. anyway, listen, we, we can move on from that. The was it a crime that Shamrock Rovers beat Derry <laughs> City? Because some yeah. would argue. Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, Let's get on to the. It was it was a very en- enjoyable game. Let's get that all, out of the way now. And talk about the football. football yeah. there, there's stuff that really matters. Yeah, yeah um, it all matters. No, like it was, uh, it was it was an enjoy it was an enjoyable game, if not a thriller. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a classic. Thriller. It wasn't like end town Gomez. It was more sort of to use a word that we like. Interesting. It was interesting. Um, but it was like Derry really showed up, and they I think they. To me, they're improving all the time. I know, like, I would have sort of posted out some stuff around the game. Um, some that, very strange terminology from your mailbag request. Like, oh, God. What, what did you say? Have they... It was... Uh, let me see here. Uh, I'll let you find it there while I talk. Um, um, the, the, the point is, like, you know, are they flattering to, see, to deceive or not? Are they the real deal or flattering to deceive? Because yeah. that's the thing that come back to me. Like, I thought they were very good. I think they're getting better. A couple of people have made the point to me. I think even Stephen Bradley half referenced it in his quotes after that. Like Derry are possibly going through that stage that Rovers went through around 2019, where they were they felt they were very good, but then they just couldn't get the results. Now, like they were, they were decent last week, and um, they weren't as dominant. Remember that time Sean Gannon scored the goal in Tala, but Rovers absolutely battered and dock. Actually, know, referencing the book, in, in, yeah, Brian Gartland's book, yeah. but and the diverse stuff that that's what they do as champions. I think at the time I would have been like, well, there you go. Um, I don't think they were battered now. I think they no, were second best. Yeah, second best. No, no, they're no, also no. the away team. Do you know what I mean? Like Rovers were. Um, who are you saying were battered? No, no, no. My point is, my point, my point was, you have to listen to me, John. Sorry, listen to me. Um, no, my point was that it wasn't on that scale. Like they didn't batter Rovers last week. They were just better than them for most of the game. Like, mm. You know what I mean? It wasn't like there was the Alamo. It wasn't like there was bodies and blocks and stuff keeping out chance. It was just that they were the better team. They came with a game plan that they competed. They pressed Rovers well, but then they kept the ball better than them too. You know, so they were better in sort of all facets of the game and in the first XG. half, and even in the first fifteen minutes of the second half. The, the key um, one was, I thought, Patching's um, cutback to Thompson and Kavanaugh sort of, lost, which yeah. is basically a goal nearly any day of the week, and that would have been totally befitting of the game to that point, and it was. That, that wasn't that the chance that came from Brian Maher's long, yeah. long. Who I thought was amazingly good on the ball. I think, um, 
I, I think Rovers may have come back and gotten a draw, but Derry totally deserved to be ahead at that stage. No, they did. And I think to me, it's like, it's stage one of the process. They were, whatever, 24 points behind last year. Um, they're going to be closer this year. As I said, I think they're getting better. I do. I, do, I don't think it's a case that they've, I know the results would suggest that they've had a real wobble, but to me, like they got a lot of late goals early in the season. I think their performance levels have been better in recent weeks than they mm. actually were without, at the start of the without season. Without Duffy. Without Duffy. Without Harkin. Without Harkin. Harkin is, uh, and without a lot of McElhenney. Now, people would point out McElhenney's recent injury record. Yeah. You know that. And that's fine. Um, but I mean, the Rovers squad strength, no doubt, came to the fore. But to me, as like you know, maybe there's 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 you could be accused of willing competition to happen where it doesn't exist. But like, I think we know with Derry the way they've recruited, the way that they can recruit. Mm-hmm. You know, in mm-hmm. the sense that they have a you know a, they have financial strength there that they're not going to get worse. They're not going to go backwards. You know, and also I think a significant thing with Derry is okay. They have a few players like Ronan Boyce, even Mar. Um, but they have quite a few players who are even listening to Will Patching last week and even, you know, the likes of Cameron Dunn get an extra contract. They have people in a good age who aren't necessarily likely to to go away. You know, like sometimes a team can be so weakened. Saying, sorry, Boyce and Maher are potential well, to go Well, yeah, yeah, like I think, team. yeah, you know, yeah. but and maybe there's a couple others mm. who, like, who knows, like Toll or McJanet or people. Mm. You're, not, you're not being disrespectful, but no, no, to I know me, it looks like they're going to be, the core of that team is probably going to stick together. So there's no reason why they will go backwards. I so was, I think they're around. It, they're I not going to uh, win the league this year, I don't think, but I also believe that they... They, they have a couple of tough games coming up, but then they have a run where they drop points the last time where it's very possible for them to win. You know, well, if you, if you brought I think a... If I think if, like, whenever they play Rovers next in the Brandywell, if they're, like, six points behind mm. going into that game, if say, you brought If you brought a neutral to that game in Tala and you told him or her afterwards, oh, yeah, Rovers are four points ahead, they'd be like, yeah, game on no, no, I think Rovers... Um, I, think I was like, lagged after the game by uh, Shane Keegan on LOI late night for saying what manager would be happy because I think Stephen Bradley will have, like, conditioned happiness about that game because they were... They were basically like a Rovers team in Europe against superior opposition for much of that game to me. They couldn't get on the ball. Um, I don't think necessarily they started with their best 11 for that particular game. I think the in-game changes, again, were critical. But the first half, Dan, I mean, their midfielders and Ronan Finn and the likes, they were giving the ball away because they were under pressure and they they were smothered. They were yeah. really smothered. But the other thing I would say is, I mean, and this is my point about Rovers previously like I, the Rovers game against Finn Harps the week before I just can't stress like how much of a no contest it was and Rovers and Harps in that you game you didn't wrote in the newsletter that like they're, they're, they're getting away with stuff in the league that they won't get away with yeah, in Europe. and I think that's fair I think, I, that's I think fair. it's great I think it's good like, in some ways in the short term it's good for them I think that mm. game might just have what, what, the what first can we improve half, on like, Harps didn't even press them and really in the mm. first half and Tala maybe they tried and they weren't able to but Rovers players could just stroll out mm. into space mm. and all of a sudden Derry stopped doing that mm. They targeted, as I think Shane Keegan pointed out, there was three right footers in the back three, you know, and they were mm. they were targeting points. Harps sometimes were just letting them play through and then try and defend with a back five almost. Mm. And you're just looking at this guy, and, and and yet still in that game, Rovers gave away one or two chances. And I know you can say, but it's grand because they're always going to win it. But this no, is the I, point. I know, yeah. This is the point in Europe last year, like they conceded four goals in yeah, Estonia. It was the undoing of them, you know. Yeah. So I think that the more teams that like press them and ask questions of them, the better, because I think it'll bring them to a better level too. Mm. Like I think they're capable of a better level than we show. Shouldn't that, underestimate that's, as well that's how much not a criticism. Yeah, but how like much it takes out of a team to, to, yeah. to again Rovers did like the, the final quarter of the game they were good. Are and, they still? And that's they were able to change. Derry probably did get a bit tired. That's natural. Yeah. They they pressed hard. 
I, I like you said though in your report, it wasn't a classic. I thought it was a fascinating game. I know because, I, I found it enjoyable, um, and I'm looking forward to like I'm, really, I'm put it this way. I'm looking forward to more, you know, their future battles. Whereas mm. sometimes these top of the table games, we'll probably talk to Brian Cartland about his view of Cork City, which is get some uh, get some reaction potentially. Um, but they were big games. But for me, you weren't always necessarily going. I'm buzzing for Dundalk and Cork this week because they, as a contest, they they didn't always KG. deliver football wise. But I feel like Rovers and Derry, the mm. contest will get better because both teams are better when they're on the front foot but um will we go to the mailbag let's bag? go to the mailbag before we get to Brian actually before the mailbag um last week's trivia question it was to do with Porigamond and the other league of Ireland club that he played for now someone did point out that he might have played underage football for Shelburne I did mean senior football but we did include um Owen and the draw who had that um, the, the answer is Kildare County it was the third league of Ireland club he had aside from Sly Rovers and Shamrock Rovers uh, and the winner of the draw is the winner is Aaron offline. Aaron so, offline. Oh, Aaron, I've I've just looked him up. I assume his surname isn't actually offline. He is this? doesn't see. I don't know what his surname is. So Aaron offline on Twitter. Um, we're just going to have to contact you. That yeah, way. we will um, find Aaron offline. You will get four beautiful beers from the Porterhouse Brewery. Um, and we're going to have a question this week. Uh, we'll put out the question when Brian Gartland is here because it's going to be related to him. There's going to be a sort of a Brucey bonus this week. Been a mixed reaction to the kind of trivia. Some people have said like, well, actually, there hasn't really. This, some people yeah, have some kind people of been contrarian because they, yeah. they they never supported the mystery voice when it was there. I just didn't give it the love gone. it needed. I should have. I should have like had more recognizable people like Stephen Kenny or you know um, Brian Kerr or people that you could definitely say, oh, that's him or her. Instead, I had like Steve. But we Beattie. do forty shows a, seri- a series, Johnny. Like, yeah. is there forty recognisable League of Ireland voices? That's a good question. If we did, like, do you know those old now twenty one, now twenty two, <laughs> now forty? Jesus. If you were to do like a I now like forty now, now I can't believe it's League of Ireland. And like, how many voices would you fit into it? What would the great voices be? Are you going to have put Billy Baxter on? Billy, it, Billy Baxter's Baxter. voice. I I remember Billy Ronnie ba- Collins' voice. To be fair, would like would make Billy it. Baxter. I'm not sure Billy Baxter because I remember going to uh, when I used to do the early shift in Santa. Billy be getting be- the seventy. What's the set? What's the bus that used to go through Inchcore seventy eight A or something like that? Yeah. And he'd have a, he'd have a bag and it'd be like six twenty AM or something and he'd be smoking a fag. I'm not gonna bring up the Wesley Charles. I was gonna say I've heard this the hardest before. It's still one of my favourite ever. Um I told Billy that I met him at like a soccer writer. Give people just the people just, in case standing out there who hasn't heard the John Wesley Charles. He was with the late uh, Grace, I think it was with the late great George, George Byrne on Anne Olivia. I used to go out to my car in to my parents' car. I was so starved for League of Ireland content that we used to go out to my parents' cars. So we grew up in RG, so it's around an hour from Dublin. People aren't aware, maybe yeah, it would be an hour. And it was only you couldn't get it on the radio in the house, but you could get it on the car radio. It was like one oh three point two or something. So I'd have to go out and sit That's out mad. sit out in the parents' car for an hour on that Monday. And like it was, it would come and go. Like it wasn't, it was never a hundred percent clear. It was sort of, at best, sort of 90 percent. You know, mm. it was a bit of the crackle. But like it, this, but it was the only place you could get any kind of League of Ireland discussion. That's now mad. you can spend your whole week it, just it, the it's podcast. It's a very good want. point, though. Like we're so, uh, you know, we're just we've loads of stuff now. I was the same, but it was to listen to six nine three or nine oh nine for five live before I got into. You weren't getting much League of Ireland that. Anyway, um, come on, so, the Ray Charles. So, so very, very briefly, RD passed through it on the bus um, oh, from Donegal and Monaghan. And Monaghan, by the way, which Billy Baxter obviously managed. What a great town for an away trip. I'd be love if Monaghan United came back into the league. Billy Baxter managed Monaghan, so he's on with uh, 
George Byrne before we go to the mailbag and George is like it roughly goes like this and I reminded Billy of this a few years later and he doesn't really remember but apparently it did happen anyway he's like so uh, you know Wesley Charles what, what do you make from as a defender Billy he's like well rather uh, Wes Charles sometimes he rather defends like John Charles other times he defends a bit like Ray Charles <laughs> <laughs> and I told that Billy this at like a soccer writers and he proceeded to pull out this photo of him with a much younger woman at a beach and he had a spectacular tan I was like Billy you are a League of Ireland legend he but is. he has not actually appeared uh, on the now defunct um, guess the voice no let's go to the mailbag hey what's the time it's mailbag time a big bag of electronic letters what have we got down the mailbag we have a diverse array of comments this week some of them to be fair Related. She just produced the book there. It's like, I'm going to read from the book <laughs> to Brian Garrett, in the middle of Brian We, a few, we have a few book. questions for Brian as well, which we'll, which we'll go to him with in due course. But um, we did have a few references to Rovers Derry. So with all due respect to people maybe who got on to us about that, we're probably going to avoid repetition with some of those points because we have a bit of a packed show today, particularly with that late minute, uh, the last minute the news. Uh, Oshbosh, why did the Dolly Horgan play with five at the back versus UCD? That was brought up again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry, we should mention Colin Whelan as well, like who, um, you know, his injury really, really, uh, oh, nine, nine months or whatever. Him, Kerrigan yeah. got a beautiful goal. I have to say, part of me was delighted for UCD because they've been trying hard. It was a big win for them. Lovely goal, and it gives them a little bit of a, gives them a chance now. They've, they've it does, the gap. but then Whelan, I mean, Whelan been out, and, oh. you know, Kerrigan, um, you know, potentially going in the summer, mm. we'll see about that. I think I feel like it's they they've had a good week and it's been they've Spoiled. been sort of chopped down. Yeah. Um let me see, Rattler McNasty, is Wezzo coming back? The last I heard was no, but um that that may change. Um but I think the thing about Do you think Wes, you play on Dan? Well, I don't know. I think that's it seems unlikely. The thing about Wes is Wes isn't somebody who wants to come back and live in Ireland. So I think that's the key point. People assume mm, these players want to mm. come home. I think even if Wes was to sign for Shells, it'd be similar to Cambridge where he might spend some of the week you know, can't not, really not, be doing not that, there, like. and I can't imagine that would tie in with what Shell, with what Shell's doing at the moment. So I, I wouldn't be so sure. But I mean, I'd absolutely love to be wrong with that. Um, Julian here, unhappy Bose fans. Daniel Lambert under pressure. I mean, I, I mean, I doubt that. Um, <sighs> I mean, I mean, like you know, they, they I have, lo- I have they, to say I tipped them to get a result in Oriel. They're one nil up. But I mean, the dogs home for we're talking about yeah. we're buying a bit, but like. Gee, but the Knox home form is sensationally it, good. It is it's like the only Rovers. Horrible. Yeah, like Rovers. Like it's. It's. I, I must look at the stats of Dundalk at home since crowds returned to Oriel Park. Because remember, even last season, yeah, under under Vinnie Parrott towards the end, they had to beat Rovers at home, and I mean their 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 home form effectively kept them up last year. I didn't think about it. Oriel is actually. Uh, Oriel is a, is a fine atmosphere when it's rocking. It's yeah, a really good yeah. atmosphere. It's old no, no. school, needs to be, you know, but, but I, it, it's probably a little bit intimidating for opposition. But I think, that, yeah, I think also they can play in a way that. And also, away upset, fans can't upset, be heard upset, in that section. Upsets teams. And Get into a tempo. Helps them to compensate for some of their own weaknesses, I think, as well. You know, they can squeeze teams and sort of not get done quickly like they can maybe away from home yeah you know, and I think there's, there's there's something in that um, uh, let me see yeah like Mike Faye and a couple of other people referencing to how quickly Derry have closed the gap and so on a few comments related to that um, uh, I see Buzzer was on about your communion suit as you referenced previously 
Um, yeah, like Fergal Johnson does reference, you know, what all the talk of Derry playing great, great football are they in the same position as Rovers in 2019, just lacking experience and grinding out results. Yeah, I, I do see, can I, can I do I see some merit in that, that point. On that, uh, sorry, on that game, which is something you didn't mention, uh, one of the most notable aspects of the entire night was uh, the interview Roy Higgins gave afterwards, in which he was extremely bullish, and it was not what you expect at all from. Um, an Irish man or Irish manager it's like play it down he's like we're going to be an outstanding team more or less yeah no like he so was definitely was like, interesting you know he like I don't think you know, managers are emotional after games but I, I think that that was possibly I think managers generally are sending a message to players as well too to be yep. to not be going home despondent it's like you know better days are coming ahead an unnamed PRO just messaged me pot out today um, everyone is mad for today Dan yeah um, Mark McKillen is the LOI calendar a help or hindrance to teams in Europe it's a help I'm sorry like it is a help um, playing these Monday games to yeah. give them that freedom well, like, well no I think there's obviously I think it's more reference to summer so football versus winter football I think oh, there's no it's doubt it's a massive help I don't think anyone can suggest otherwise mm. um, Patrick Tony Nations League coming up any LOI player do you think deserve to be in the squad um, Dan Mandry for me he's hitting serious levels I the squad is named next Wednesday I'd be surprised I have to say I think the best chance of involvement is probably a keeper getting in uh, I don't think Jack Byrne has hit the level yet um, that as he can, uh, as I, I don't know. I don't. I just have a feeling maybe not. But again, one or two injuries, and I'd say both of them would be on the fringes. But I think in that first twenty-four, twenty-five man, I just couldn't quite see it. Who do you now think is the best goalkeeper in the League of Ireland? <sighs> so I haven't. Se- well, for example, I haven't seen Sligo Rovers in the flesh yet mm. this season. So I, I, I mean, McGinty looks excellent, and I think that would be a view that would be held. But I haven't seen enough of him. Mm. You know, um, Talbot, Talbot's form probably isn't where it was at. I although I was Talbot, told, apart from him, Dundalk would have won. Yeah, like Talbot on his day, I think is still excellent. Mm. I don't think he can. Like he's been there and impressed in camps previously for a reason. Maybe he's had a. You know, a bit of struggle. He's probably been worked pretty hard as well. But then you could say the same for for McGinty. And there have been mistakes from Talbot. To be fair, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Paddy Daly references Derry, the best side he's seen this year. Um, there's a reference to All Ireland League as well. I'd like to come back to that. Also, a few comments about uh, the DCC Talca Richmond oh, scenario, yeah. which I think again is not something to just deal with in passing. But um, there's obviously been various stories about what it means for Daily Mount. Um, you know, will we have a uh, a half finished daily match, which has always been my fear. But the, some Bose fans seem to think, oh, would that be the worst if, if we get a bigger capacity? So I think this one has, has more to come. Uh, Kevin Higgins is referencing a European preview breakdown. He says a bit early. It probably is. Um, we'll come back to it closer to the time. And Gordon Brett finally um, is next, Dan, next is Dan the saint to Johnny's Greavesy. Did you ever see Saint and Greavesy? I'm just thinking you wouldn't have TV probably when uh, you were younger. Did no, you? it, I would have seen um, the Apri match sketch of it, and that was about it. Um, but Gordon Bress, um, I, I think it should be mentioned. He, I was watching an Athlone. It must be an Athlone. It was actually, I think, it was that that under fourteen cup final actually, which I always mention. But yeah. Gordon Bray was doing comms anyway. Now, the commentary from that loan has got some praise. It's yeah, and he lauded. It uh, might be the best thing about the club and their he, women's team. As he well. he yeah he basically again yeah I've I've spoken to a few people who may or may not be interested in in the Athlone job. Let's see what happens there. But Gordon Bray. Well, yeah, the, the, the Athlone job has been weird. I mean, like mm. Shepherd and Kunzloff have effect, I mean, Shepherd's effectively done a party political broadcast, and Athlone still haven't like haven't appointed anyone. Good for him. It's very odd. Um, and yeah. yeah, so Gordon. Very Brett, odd from the Athlone perspective. 
expected by Shane. Yeah, well, say. that wouldn't be unusual. Yeah. Um, going out to play them on Friday. Uh, be interested to see if many at Lone Town fans turn up. Um, but yeah, so Gordon Brett was lauding our podcast with uh, Paul Doolan and Graham Barton, which I think has stood the test of time. It's just. Uh, it has. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't answer your question, though, Gordon. What was the question? <laughs> Saint <laughs> Am I the Saint to your Greasy? Um, I it means like some kind of. You're a little bit straight. I'm the straight man. To you're the slightly more eccentric. One. It's like the yeah, the Simpsons. In many ways, we're like the original odd couple. You're the you know. <laughs> <laughs> will we bring on? Uh, bring on the I other think we'll, I think we'll bring on Brian Gartland. One yeah. last shot. Yeah, Brian Gartland's in the house. I had to remind myself that you are uh, because you're coming in in a little bit of a boot. It's like you're over your injury, but you have another injury. Cheers. Goes with the territory. <laughs> yeah, goes with the age maybe. Um, yeah, I played against UCD and had a little niggle going into it and it just got a little bit worse so we just mm. had that on as precaution uh, trained after that and then it just sort of flared up so I'm waiting on consultants verdict now in the next well I'm hoping today I was hoping yesterday so today I might find out it's yeah. a sort of a minor injury Injury, thankfully yeah it's compared to you know last year and all of that but still not ideal yeah hopefully it's just a couple of weeks or well maybe couple of weeks and then we have the break for two yeah. or three weeks sort of thing so when I um, yeah because we, me- we mentioned like uh, Chris Malone Malone Financial Services would be uh, one of our partners this year we've got a lot of partners this year mm. but they would have actually helped you out as well wouldn't they that, that whole sort of issue of uh, helping players with a long term injury it's something that they, they do yeah I'd know Chris obviously up in Dundalk and he came into the club it might have been 2013 or 14 or 15 around about you know the start of of our era there and he had the plan and it was obviously injury protection and then there's other life cover and stuff like that and myself and a few lads signed up for it and then I think as time went on all the lads are then realising I should have this um, Mm. before it's too late so it's been brilliant because listen it just covers you in the in the case of that and for years I didn't use it like and then down the line obviously I do my ACL and um, yeah listen you get a few ball back off gives you a bit of protection and yeah, a bit of protection yeah. yeah especially you know as you get older it's it's good to have that if you've, you've kids and a mortgage and stuff like that as well totally. yeah I think Dave Webster has been helped out at the moment as well so mm. like, there's obviously the long term injury is the, you, the long run per Colin Whelan you've got to well. have massive yeah. sympathy for Colin Whelan we were just mentioned before the show like um, just, uh, just the timing of this and everything yeah I only found out um, was it yesterday evening or yesterday afternoon I was chatting to, to Gary Rogers and he was telling me and I was absolutely gutted for him because mm. whatever about myself and Webby's a little bit younger than me but doing it at our age mm. you've had a career Colin's got the, the world at his feet mm. so to speak at the moment and um, he comes across a lovely lad and by all reports he is um, he works hard and listen we know there's a lot of interest in him across the water and stuff like that so um, but I'd back him to to do the work he's got a great facility in UCD and great yeah. people there he's got you know we talk about having in League of Ireland in terms of mm. um, the environment he's in a great environment yeah you know he's got top class physiotherapists and everything there in UCD he'll have the best of care at least best of care he's got yeah. a high performance unit he can be in every day doing rehab doing things people doing it with him which is a big thing to bring you on um, and yeah he um, yeah listen it's it's obviously devastating for him but you know it, 
I'd back him to be to be back and, and strong and scoring goals again next year. Already, there's a fella in the league on to me today about like um, kind of effectively looking for a number for him. So you can see in the league of Ireland, people do rally around even if they're different clubs. We will get to the book though. Yeah, we one last one shot. One last shot. So you know the you know the, the Joey Barton thing where he's like the English players are like I played shit. Here is my book. This is completely different. He didn't play shit, and nobody brings out books in the league of Ireland, particularly current players. So it it, it has to be good. Now I have to. There's a bit of a bookmark on page seven for the Ted joke with this because I have. I haven't actually fully read the book yet. I've read the whole I've only read the, the bits I've, I've read. I've read the whole book. The Johnny bits I've read, I'm really, really impressed homework. with. Um, yeah. Very, very honest. If everything from your peripheral acting career to, you know, um, having some issues with managers, that wins hotel. But, but <laughs> there's, like, there's, a, there's a love-hate team. Well, to be the, clear, the right? The, Istanbul. The, the, okay, but Johnny, you're reading out things that people may not be aware of. Like, you know. I read that in the bus. Yeah, like, you're just, you're, 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 this is someone who's come into an exam and you've, like, rehearsed one thing and you're going to use it no matter Better what happens. Up, you're throwing out all your stuff to go I've done my work here like there is I mean people won't get the reference to a lot of this we're going to pick through some of it but just in general terms what's the reaction been like I know it's early days I know you worked with Mark McCadden from the star on this and it's what 280 pages or so I have to say I really enjoyed it um but it's it's obviously very personal, you know. That, that there's there's layers to the book about, say, your family history, your relationship with your late dad, uh, you know, your parents' separation stuff. That's very, uh, you know, it's, it's very deep and like I imagine very meaningful to you. And then the flip side of that is it's like getting the balance right of like stories from your football career at different levels to more serious times in your life with Dundalk to maybe times where football was sort of not. 100% say your your sole focus in life or maybe the clubs you were at it was a little bit more part time in its nature so um, there's a lot of stories a lot of stuff in there but what's it been like the process just to have your life out there and people probably learning things about you they didn't know in some cases the process to start off even just writing the book is um, it's crazy like and it's completely alien to me beforehand you guys might have an aware you know awareness of, of stuff like that in terms of journalism when you go yeah. into it you hope so anyway but yeah I'm not even sure <laughs> at this stage yeah. but you know it sort of unravels and it unravels but with this I'm unraveling myself yeah and I'm learning more and more about myself it's and, cathartic like yeah and like I said to Mark Mark was brilliant and he was so easy to talk to because there's a lot of personal stuff I said if I'm going to do this I was very hesitant at the start and still was nervous when it was coming out and apprehensive because you're out of your comfort zone but I said if I'm going to do it then I have to do it completely honest and open mm. um, and that's just how it has to be and that's what you're with your whole life so then you have to I have to talk to my mom my brother and say listen right I've done the first bit have a look if there's stuff you don't like talk to me we'll change it take it out so you've got all all that side of things but it's um, it's therapeutic really because yeah. like I said I learn a lot about myself and some of it's good, some of it's bad, and some of it's an understanding that that's life. I think like that someone else thinks differently. Um, a viewpoint I might have had years ago on something, um, like a good point would be Dermot Keeley. I, oh, I hate him for years. Yeah. But that's because he says, like, I suppose... He was your manager at Shelburne yeah, in 2007. It yeah. was a, he was an old school manager. I was a young lad. Other young lads didn't react well to, to that environment, but that was the environment of football then so it was either sink or swim so Dermot was, was right in a sense from his point of view um, but the game was changing just at that time and I can then look back at it from Dermot's point of view from my point of view and then also 
just say, well, that's football. It's difference of opinions on everything. Like they mm. thought I was going back to Bray then, or I was meant to go back to Bray then. And I think the, the word back was, oh, he's not tough enough or strong enough, you know, to be a centre half. I think I was like 19 or something then. Um, but that gave me a bit of motivation. So yeah, I might not like him, I might have think, but he helped me. Yeah. In that sense. But it's it's different as you get older and you go through things with it. You see it through different yeah. eyes. But I think um it is true as Johnny says, we're not used to um League of Ireland players doing this really. Um I mean John Caulfield's book come out through the same company, through um Hero Books, um what, late last year and uh I always make the case when people discuss like League of Ireland, like people at the moment will complain about say uh, GA players they're all media trained the access to them is really bad and stuff like that and there's always there's great stories in the League of Ireland that haven't always been told Like I, and, and the presumption would be of course that you know maybe the market isn't there for it and yet I think your book is doing okay in the charts from what I can see like it seems to be a decent take up that I think the range of stories that people in the league experience in their life and you can see that in your book from you know, commuting up to Monaghan or to Portadown, and um, sometimes it's the lack of glamour tells a story in itself. You know, the graph that you go through for whatever a hundred quid a week or two hundred quid a week, or getting stopped by the army on the way back from Portadown at like ten o'clock at night, and the people appear out of the bushes. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's even in it because you can't fit everything in the book. But like, I'm traveling up and We're down. We're getting the B side here. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm coming back through. Um, Market Hill or somewhere I'm not sure not Seamus Malin country not a place anyway and it's windy country roads pitch black middle of winter and all of a sudden there's this neon light just that's all I can see in the middle of the road and I just stop and there's an army man in the middle of the road and I'm looking at him and he doesn't move towards me and I'm like what's going on here and all of a sudden out of nowhere the window taps and it's a gun held pointed straight at me roll down the window and then all they did was they looked for your license yeah. Southern Red going through and I don't know um, late at night and that and as I'm driving away then after you know you sort of your heart stops beating a bit quicker, quicker and um, they check the license out you're waiting a few minutes for it to be checked with the police on the radio and that all good and then uh, driving down the road and you just see a little glimmer in the corner and there's another fella that's lying down in the bushes camouflaged completely with a pointer at you the whole time, just in case. Yeah. And like, we're from Dublin, and you think you're coming back. It's training. a different world. Yeah. It was a, no, that was what twelve years ago or something. It's a different world, but like, yeah, it does mad. Like you could go, you could go on forever in terms of. And every player has stories, yeah. Stories, but as you yeah. said, like it's the sacri- like the lot, the, the the sacrifices you make sometimes for like two hundred quid a week, mm-hmm. one hundred and fifty a week, or whatever it might be. Um, so there's a lot of it and then of course it moves into the Stephen Kenny years which obviously gives it uh, a broader appeal because he's now the current Ireland manager and there's, there's some stuff about that we want to go through as well but I, I, I wasn't 100% aware of this acting career that you had by the way right this is the thing and Johnny you, you've done your homework this is my, my personal highlight Johnny you've done your homework in this section the right love, the love hate uh, so you were an extra in love hate and and fair city amongst others yeah so a friend of mine uh, Mark you, you were busy in fair city now like someone, has to, someone has to find this clip please and post it to us if possible Killian MTV or whatever yeah like, yeah, yeah. Um, Killing, I've been yeah. trying to find a few of the clips myself um, um, just to hide them but the love hate one yeah a friend of mine Martin Gilfoyle he's a DJ and he uh, he used to do loads of this stuff and he said to me I was sitting around most of the day like football was I didn't get another job because I just wanted to be a footballer so even if it was 150 quid 
a week that was my sole focus and that was you know what I wanted to be and everything towards it so I thought sure one or two of the days I'm sitting around I might as well sit around there and you know if you get a good gig uh, so I'm, it was I love the stuff so I wanted to see behind the scenes but uh, yeah it got me into a few funny situations <laughs> love hate uh, I think I was in the gym and uh, I was there was a hit scene or something like that and sure love hate was massive it was early oh, doors in it unbelievably and everyone really. loved it and the ego and the vein bit of me um, they were like right will you send us in the audition bit they were like we need pictures so like topless pictures and that sort of thing so there's me at home with a little pair of shorts <laughs> and my ma's taking snaps for me right <laughs> <laughs> and I send through them a load of pictures right I'm tense and like mad everything like that and in the end like we're in the scene and that and I don't know if someone was taking I think someone might have been taking the mic out of me because in the end we're in the scene like and you have t-shirt and shorts and everything on <laughs> I've got it because I'm there I hadn't, I hadn't eaten for about two or three days <laughs> really look well and um yeah, yes, yeah, so you're just in the background and stuff like that. You're like, uh, what's his name in the machinist? Like, he's a method actor. Uh, he just like, <laughs> yeah. T- yeah, Christian Bale. Christian Bale he doesn't yeah. eat for like about two years. <laughs> and you're like, at least he was the main part. This is my favorite part. It's the the ad for the Winds Hotel. Oh. The Winds Hotel. I mean, I, 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 this I brings me back. Rec- National League United used to have meetings in Winds Hotel. <laughs> so I was like, uh, probably like this. You know, the, wet Brian, behind the ears. Have any of you seen it, young kids? No, no. Because I was trying to find it for. I used to have a link for it. I think it was protected or something that it was sent to me. My, and I went into it a few years ago, <laughs> and it it's not working or it's gone. And but it was like it's so cringy, but it's so funny. So it's an ad. For My Wins girlfriend hotel. wife, uh, in vert comments, was already in reception by the time I got to the hotel. She was really good looking and really well dressed, which made me feel a little underdressed. Two other lads were there dressed as porters. We all met our way to a room off the reception area where the directors talked us through what we were going to do. The instructions instructions were check in and go to the lift. And when we get to the room, my girlfriend wife goes in first with one of the porters carrying her bag. She sits down on the bed and suddenly the door opens again. It's the second porter and he is carrying me, right? <laughs> so there's a bit of a waiting balance here, I'd imagine. Like, the second porter's had an absolute horror show he's here. A, yeah, he he's... ends up farting in the middle of it all. Yeah. <laughs> and that prolongs us by about an hour because we can't stop laughing. That, but that I, t- I, t- I turn up for it and I think, right, I've done a few of these things and this is, you know, again, the this ego the in one. you. And I told dress smart, casual, little blazer on, whatever underneath. And, Nothing compared to what she was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that type of show? Um, well, it was winter, was it? But I'm there thinking, right, there one night, like. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look suave. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna look well. This be one where you look well, and it's gonna be. I was told it's gonna be on like. You know, I think it was not Premier Sports, whatever it used to be. The ad ran, the ad ran every Saturday at halftime during the three PM oh Premier League. I, 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 I would have definitely watched this ad. Like, this I used to every day, every Saturday, just get a heap of messages. Go, what the? But this is before your Dundalk days, though. This is the thing, yeah. right? So you're probably not as well known. I can just, you know. No. This is the thing, like it's the sort of paragraph ends. That unsurprisingly was the end of my acting career, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like onto my football, back to my football career. Do you not remember? Things have gone stale up north. <laughs> <laughs> they went stale in Wind's Hotel as well. Like. Do, do you not remember Raymond Donahue's 
thing with me. I don't know if that's the, in the book. No, it is. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. Ladies and gentlemen, you should know what's in the book, Brian. You bloody wrote yeah. the thing. Ah, yeah. listen, but, but, there, was that <laughs> much, there was 10 edits of that book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but, not uh, sure. It's a short chapter, but like the chapter six. You're uh, in the yeah, opening credits for the very done. first game in a redeveloped Lansdowne Road. Yeah, I would have rather been playing, but I was playing up north. I think Eamon listens to the pod, so if he can maybe send us the clip of that, we'll put it out if he has the ad. You had a football career as well. Well, you had a football because but there's a chapter as well about like you went I didn't realise you watched Ireland all over Europe as well oh, yeah. you know like you, you're a massive Ireland fan like to the point of actually going to games as opposed to everyone says they're an Ireland fan but you travelled and sort of would have been big time into it yeah know? and I would have been to I would have been to everyone had I, had I been able to football obviously stops you especially from away games because you need a couple of days so yeah um, it uh, yeah it's just infectious like if you guys know you've been there on away yeah. trips and that and it's just uh, the atmosphere and yeah it's I suppose it's like that question would you rather win the Champions League say with Liverpool or win the World Cup with Ireland and it's, it's Ireland all day World mm. Cup all the time yeah. Yeah. there's a photo of it's you with country. Roy Keane and you were wearing a Liverpool jersey I think I had back in the day as well and Roy Keane obviously is like bemused by this um, what was the context of that actually? Yeah so I was a massive Liverpool fan growing up but Roy Keane again because he was Ireland and you know he was he was Roy Keane he was the hero he was the idol so me and three lads from school took the day off school Easton's on O'Connell Street yeah. that's literally where I was this morning buying your book, book <laughs> Johnny, is like, Johnny is like reading this as we go along <laughs> just seeing, I do have a plan of things I want to ask him but Johnny is just like plucking out things that are surprising him in fairness chapter, chapter one I was 15 years old when mum and dad separated Bernard Gartland was a drinker that's a great start to a chapter go ahead <laughs> but really Roy Keane is on the other Roy page yeah. Roy Keane yeah, uh, we went in about 6 in the morning and I think we were second in the queue so we were queuing up for, I don't know, four or five hours or wow. six hours to, to make sure, you know, we were in there. And we went into Easton's and didn't realise we got in there. The press and everywhere, you know, the hysteria over came yeah. then. And I had my Liverpool jersey on, but a jacket on over it. And sure, the thing was, I wanted to get a picture of him in my Liverpool jersey. But sure, I shot myself a little bit and I zipped it down a bit and then stopped. <laughs> and then he saw it and he just started laughing. And Leverkusen had just knocked out Liverpool. And had they won, they would have played United in the sense. Yeah. Uh, and he started giving a bit of stick about that sort of thing and was going back and forth and in fairness it was brilliant because the security I always remember security saying we asked for a picture he goes yes yeah, stand in front of the table and Keane goes no get them up here on the stage and um, ah, we were made up we were young lads I'd say he's was, magnetic isn't he I was 15, 16 yeah, yeah. like were you kind of like you're a big Liverpool fan were you in awe were you like kind of intimidated were you like oh my god ah, just in awe just yeah. like Keane I was the ultimate like he's what a player and mm. you know what a player for the country mm. Premier League he captain probably yeah. one of the greatest teams and yeah to be clear there's, there's a lot more to the book than him meeting someone famous in a shop once <laughs> right to be clear Johnny we have some stuff here we need to get to you can uh, well, I'll check out some pages and maybe you can go to that page <laughs> and then see if you see anything on the page that's interesting because speaking of how I met my wife speaking I'm of glad he hasn't read it all see, I, I know. there's a lot of stuff in there that I would be interested in his take on but anyway um, speaking of back and forth with people from Cork right page 148 turn to page 148 Johnny um, so back this, in school so here Dan. there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stories in this book that I was sort of like okay I, I want to hear more about some of these things so this page 148 is that famous time where Dundalk and Cork City are going at it you end up staying in the same hotel 
in Portugal or in the same complex in Portugal. And what I didn't realise is that there was a bit of an incident in the hotel, a bit of a shamozzle, as they might say, in, in Villa Mora. I will read here. On our last night in Portugal, we were let out for a few drinks. The coaching staff came too. We all bundled onto a bus which took us to nearby Villa Mora. At the end of the night, however, things kind of kicked off in the hotel lobby between players from both sides. Michael O'Connor, innocent chap, was still only 17 at the time, so he was too young to come out. He was sitting in the lobby by himself and one of the Cork players passed and had too much to say for himself. It sparked, it sparked a few handbags. That incident pissed us off. There was a young lad sitting on his own in the lobby and they were out of order. I was in my room at the time, but I'd love to have been in the thick of it. So come on. What, um, what, what happened here? The distant all Cork rivalry, there was more to it even. Yeah, so we were both staying in the same hotel. Day at half, we had the other half. We'd be on the training pitch in the morning. It's like say, Long Cash or something. They'd like, you know? be in the gym and then you vice versa so you didn't cross too much you might have walked by each other a bit they'd be at the pool when we're training we'd be at the pool when they're training wasn't too much but there was this animosity you know you feel walking by sort of thing you didn't even talk to each other as proper such. rivalry like you know oh, sometimes yeah. in the league it's friendly rivalry Roy Keane would give out about people hugging yeah. and shaking oh, hands no, on proper, the yeah. proper this was proper dislike rivalry yeah, yeah. and dislike um, and yeah, we went out into Villamora and the bus was, everyone would say one o'clock curfew, everyone to be back for the bus and some of the lads might have disappeared to uh, Albafera in a taxi as well, I don't know, but we were all gone everywhere and meet back at the staff and we're back there and Stephen Kenny's there and a few of the staff and the bus isn't there, so we're having a great laugh, so we're like, we'll have to get taxis back and it's like, first taxi pulls up, Gaffer, you get the first one. As soon as that door closed, everyone just bolted down the lane <laughs> back to the bar, right? <laughs> so, uh, so things sort of kicked on. And um, yeah, I wasn't in the lobby at the time, but Michael was sitting there. I don't know what he was doing, but um, just chilling out. And I don't know if someone said something and there's, there's different reports of things. So putting in a book, I can't, you know, yeah. I don't want to say because yeah. then it's set in stone, but I don't know if... They- <laughs> one of the stories told me was they were coming in saying we're going to win the league and stuff like that right and I got a couple I've heard that a couple of times from a couple of their nights out um, and there was even staff involved I'm not sure for you but again you know Chinese whispers sort of thing it, it led there, to so. it led but it led to uh, a few of our boys were there so it led to a bit of a things kicking off now not major but things kicking off Um I even heard a story of Paddy Barrett walking into someone's room and dragging them out by the feet <laughs> out of bed. This, this, this I can believe. But that you believe, but... Uh, God, again, so there was a really like... So there was, yeah, there was a little bit of a thing, but it just added to the rivalry and added to the... And Kenny Deck Caulfield or Caulfield Deck Kenny was there? <laughs> no, nothing not there. There was, no, there was, there was a punch they, thrown by one manager... At, supposedly in the, in the tunnel of oh, one of the games one time pre- but again previous time, yeah. that's another time you know about that Dan, yeah, you yeah know, it's so. a previous time I think but again, I'm, I'm learning on the show today dis- disputed versions of events yeah. to be fair but the um, proper rivalry but there was proper rivalry and there was proper like like the handbag stuff you know you're mm. pushing and shoving it might need to be punched around like that but it's mm. pushing and shoving but, but there was yeah needle. that was the that was the yeah. needle that was yeah. where it was yeah. at because you, you also mentioned the, the, the cup final in 2016 and there was that story that there was a phone call to the Dundalk bus from Cork which has always been and Cork people would vehemently deny this they would say it was fans but you actually even mentioned that Daryl Horgan recognised the number that was involved the voice in, the voice sure Horgs played with most of the lads like, you so know, he knew the voice yeah, yeah. so I'm sure we knew the voice so you believe it was someone from the 
from the yeah, it was sort of you like really how, it was sort of like how would you like that? Um, and again, it just all adds to the needle and stuff like this. You know, we just thought to ourselves like you've just won a cup. You know, we're in the group stages of Europa League and won the league and and that you just won a cup and you're concerned with ringing us and talking to us. But, yeah, it's fun. but all this adds to it because then in seventeen they go and they're getting the better totally, of us. Totally, the, the start you know? of chapter twenty one. I have to say this is a, t- a striking line. One year after we put the League of Ireland on the map, after we showed not only the country but Europe that an Irish team could compete by playing an attractive brand of football, Cork City long-balled their way to the league and FEI Cup double. Ouch. As far as I was concerned, the shine was taken off our double a couple of years earlier. If a team like this could do the double, I thought, is it really that big an achievement? Oh, wow. Yeah, and like no, I said, I'm no going to be lost till now with that sort of. No, and the, there's no point of me doing a book and trying to appease everyone and, and yeah. totally. give a different opinion. That's that was not what you mine. felt. That's Hoffman what I, that's what I felt at the time. Anyway, like huh? Offaly will bring you to Galway next season. He wants to sign you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not going all great with John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's track to the point. But yeah, like John, you, but John there's, obviously there's more after that. That's just a, a short paragraph of it, and it expands on it, and it's it shows as a player. That's what I thought there and then, and that's you, what you basically didn't rate them. Like this is the thing. Like no, they were good at what they do, but you weren't yeah. mad fans of their style. No, right? because we were completely different style. But they went and won the league and cup the next year their way. So I doubt they give a toss. Mm. If you get me, but for us, that took the shine of us because we were doing this. We were winning everything. We were playing a certain way, you know. And we were thinking this is football, and sure, you're in the middle of that sort of, you know, pretty football. I suppose was fashionable and you know mm. in all the leagues and starting uh, attacking football um, now they had great attacking players and they used them that way those yeah. players would have been able to play another way a good few you know um, and I think the detriment to them was they tried to change their style and play more football yeah. a year or two later because I think it, you know, they weren't able to. So do they it. almost lost That's, their identity. Yeah, it's 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 a dog yeah. player said the exact same thing to me at that time. He said, "This is the way they should be playing with this set of players." I'm telling you, because I used to slag them. I was like, "Well, they, Dundalk play better football." But he just said the exact same thing. Yeah, and then when they changed, and like I expand on that in the thing and yeah. said it shows that that's who I thought at the time but football is opinions like we can mean the three well, four of us here could sit and watch the same game and all have completely different opinion of the game and there's a million ways to play football it, it, and to win it's funny as well because Graham Coleman said in, a, in an even echo um, column last week about John Caulfield's obsession with Dundalk and the way he would have his team talks and he said I wonder is Cork City the obsession he has now because he's at Galway United but you did mention prior to all this happening that Zenit game where you you did the Crive turn and uh, I I remember I I remember um, at the time like kind of lauding Dundalk's players for trying to play out of the back and they were coughing up chances at times because like that's nat- the nature of it but um, it was it was kind of almost the one point that I saw where you were a little bit annoyed Stephen Kenny for kind of calling you up at the next day because you'd felt terrible anyway and you knew you'd you know made a mistake in that two undefeated or whatever yeah and again I go into detail in that in the book and. Again, I was annoyed to say the least because it's it's, it's plain as day I made the mistake. I was gutted. You come in and apologise and like football is everything. And listen, the Dundalk players, it's everything to you. If you have a bad game, if you have a bad result, like no one's hurting more than you, especially especially then um, with that team the way we were, um, and you knew it. And then, but that's football, and that's just I have to take that on the chin. Like you mightn't like how something goes, but. Um, 
again you, you walked a bad the decision by city me. with David McMillan that night yeah. just because you were like you could, a couple you, of hours. your brain was frazzled yeah. it must have been Baltic like it was cold enough that day and then you come in the next day and you're called out with the laptop yeah and listen it's a difference of opinion again I think there's no need because obviously it's a, mm. it's a stupid decision uh, to try a cruise turn in the snow but again we're just high in confidence we were looking at keeping the ball that's the way I was we're not pumping along but listen that time of the game again maybe if I had a bit more experience in mm. those type of high profile games in terms of that magnitude you'd think differently but um, but it's not how we ever thought and it's not how we weren't thinking week to week yeah in terms and you were of, you brave know. so you're, you're like your relationship with managers is obviously a theme of this and even your relationship with Stephen Kenny there's like there's there's layers to it like you describe the way in which he sort of tracked you down to sign you like he was relentless like ringing yeah. you at all hours and like I need more time to think about this you said and then he rings you back like 20 minutes later or like 40 minutes later and then you're lying in bed at night that night and who rings you but the Stephen Kenny yeah, yeah. for a bit of pillow talk like, as you describe it with <laughs> Stephen Kenny yeah yeah um, yeah I suppose that's how Mark described it there a bit of pillow yeah. talk but um, yeah that's I suppose when you say relentless there that's Stephen and that's what came out in that team Everton was relentless he wasn't giving you like you said I need a couple of days to think about and this and Johnny Mack mm. Mick Hook and then Stephen Kenny yeah so yeah I've been talking to the two others as well sort of thing so um, yeah that's Stephen in a nutshell yeah you know he's just so driven and passionate and you know relentless as you said but that yeah, but, must but make it you feel wanted like that must make you if he, is he really trying like because he's, he's running mm. you three times in a few hours you must think well actually he really wants me here yeah there must have been too many other options <laughs> it's the mid season it's July uh, he was limited but yeah it, it was and it was it was just me being I suppose a little bit stubborn because I'd rushed into a couple of deals before that I said no anything I take I'm going to step back for a couple of days talk to my mum mm. and brother um, and never make a decision because I've gone into meetings on my own before and uh, mm. I definitely advise especially young players ever doing that because you can sort of get peer pressure now mm. they end up, I haven't ended up being bad decisions mm. but you walk out going jeez what have I done mm. Mm. yeah because the, the thing about your relationship with Kenny that it's not all plain sailing and I think there's a there's a real section in the book the end of 2016 and Johnny references the Zenit thing where you had one or two sort of bad days in Europe and then you had I think you had your stag around that time yeah. and, and your relationship with, with Stephen wasn't great at that particular period you mentioned him taking you in for a meeting um, and sort of criticising you in front of the rest of the group after a mistake you made which oh that was just a zenit yeah, yeah and, and he, you were listen that bit, happens players you know no, but, but you were at surprised the time. by it you were at the time and your frame of mind at that stage but I think what's interesting then that your head is all over the place with all sorts of various things and then you call a chat with him at the end of the season and he didn't even necessarily know how annoyed you were. You had internalised a lot of this stuff yourself. Because you were. You mentioned like you didn't even want to go out around and talk at the end of 2016. Like This is like one of the great years of recent times. Yet for you, you actually ended that year sort of in, in mixed form. Yeah, the way, the way it was is that, like I said, we took everything so serious. Like, and we were just so driven. Is that like, if I had a bad game or made a mistake, cost a goal, and like... Just wanted to hide. Didn't want to see anyone. Didn't want to do anything. Just wanted to get to the next game, make it right, and that was it. Like, so when it went to that magnitude, and it was, I suppose, a scale that none of us were ever used to, is that 
it just I suppose compounds the highs are so high but it means the lows are lower and yeah I just I got myself into a little hole into a little rut um, there could be other factors that contribute to it you know just bad timing that things coincide or whatever but uh, yeah I relationship obviously I felt wasn't good I wasn't happy in that um, the other thing of it was and again on reflection tiredness we were absolutely knackered you were wrecked we were living off fumes like we were playing was it 10 games in September 8 in October and then 2 games in the first 4 days of November so you have 20 games in 2 months essentially and then you're flying around Europe and that and Stephen was brilliant in terms of tiredness is in your head it's a mental thing and you, you can get more and more and more out of your body if you believe you can but you get to a stage then where it's probably having an effect on you fatigue yeah. otherwise yeah so that sort of side of things can come into it as well in terms of me training the thought and stuff but um, yeah there was no point to me doing the book and saying oh Stephen's brilliant and Stephen's that and Stephen's and now he is brilliant and obviously no, I talk we, so we, highly we, of him but I played with him played under him for what 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 so you know number number of years right and we had so many moments and so many interactions is that like anyone with their boss and especially in football in such a competitive environment and I'd be a bit more outspoken and you felt he was hard on you as well though you felt that how he managed different players in different ways is interesting like Ronan Finn was sort of a golden boy he could get away with everything but with you and Chris Shields he would go after you sort of that was his that's what he thought worked for you yeah and maybe it's because we needed aggression in our play like that might be one of the things you know so if you have that little bit of um, but you could take it now maybe I'm wrong as well but no, it's, but just, how, it's, just, how, it's yeah. just how I yeah. see things and again that's any good coach should be able to you know and a great coach will be able to identify their players and identify how they respond and sometimes you'll have to do that and sometimes you'll have to maybe have a word with them you know give them a bit of confidence different stuff um, and it's only on reflection going through everything you think well maybe that's why and I did respond I was able to play through the Keeley year yeah you know and get through it all right and quite aggressive, yeah. whereas a lot of other lads that were my age at that time completely crumbled because it just wasn't you know he was it at wasn't the end of an era and you were at the start yeah. of the era yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah but just you're, that 2016 you're like and you're trying to get away from all this and then you're sitting in your wedding and yeah. your father-in-law brings up the Zenit goal in front of the whole yeah you know, the whole sort that's of not crowd. meant in a bad way in the book because I nearly ran into trouble with the wife there about <laughs> it because it was in it but um, the father-in-law for anyone that knows him like he's we describe him as mad or whatever he's he's brilliant crack but Dundalk the humour in Dundalk is just sneering it's cut. you know it well yeah. like it's cutthroat and everything goes sort of thing and uh Sure, he, oh, he had to play. It was like a stand-up gig. He had them in hysterics, and I'm sitting there. I'm just going. And sure, my head was completely, you know, as low as I probably ever felt at the time about all that. So you sort of like you're at a moment there. You're like, oh, you know, I just have to keep a brave face on and, and go here because it's literally you know. just married your daughter. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Because then, like, at the start of 2017, like you know, you weren't in a great, you weren't in a great place. And you mentioned like you get a text from Jonathan Roach one day. Uh, when you were like mm. right at the end of your the start of your six months to the end of your contract and you go and meet Jonathan Roach and Bradley and McPhail and Tala yeah and you're thinking maybe maybe and I'm sort of wondering here right if you weren't married this is where I come back to the family thing if you're not married to someone from the dock and didn't have connections there I wonder would you had to have would you have been in a different headspace 
at that time was you'd sort of med roots up there to some degree. yeah I was living or up were there. you still very was this a tempting one because you mentioned there was a long term deal in put in front of you from robbers yeah and they yeah it was a, a few year deal and then they obviously had plans for for after football as well because obviously I, I'm from that area yeah like the first house was just behind Tallah Stadium there and then my mother's house was now only five minutes up the road um, a lot of friends and that around the area are all Rovers fans so any young lad wants to be the you know the pinnacle of your area sort of thing like that um, they have the lovely ground the academy they set up everything like that you, like they've done really well that way and obviously at Dundalk that first five months we were we'd lost a few players and we were 20 points behind Cork come yeah. down so we were miles behind and uh, you're being told that's the end of our dynasty um, as such you know for the last few years of dominating and again obviously where I'd been headspace with Dundalk I wasn't playing brilliantly um, so it's nice to feel wanted yeah. <laughs> you know again football's all about egos you have to have a little bit of an ego and to have a bit of drive I suppose with that and yeah I went and met them I've now I think that's part and parcel oh, of football. Listen, it's I part and parcel of football. Some people be surprised brave you put that in the book. Yeah, but some people some like. people will say, oh, you know, because obviously they're a rival and they've always been a bit of a rival to us because it's good niggling games. But um, yeah, I just said, listen, I've got to hear it. Don't listen out. to what they have to say. And, yeah, I, and I, hadn't, I hadn't got, my contract was ending that year at Dundalk and I've been told, listen, we'll talk soon, we'll talk soon. And that just kept dragging on and on. I wasn't hearing anything. Um, don't talk can be very laid back or they used to be very laid back with stuff like that um, so yeah I went and heard them out and in the end I just I've been at Dundalk those few years you had gone through those experiences and I just knew like the team we had and the trust I had sort of in Stephen in mm-hmm. terms of getting players in and getting it right and that we weren't finished and I think if you throw in the towel there and then, you know, you're you're just jumping ship and saying, you know, yeah, that's yeah. it sort of thing. And I was proven right in my decision because the second half of the season, we clawed them back and we nearly, you know, you could, I behind the scenes, I can see that. I can see we had great players. I can see we're playing. Things just weren't going our way. You steady the ship sort of thing. But from the summer in, we were we were excellent. And we, we nearly clawed them back to make it into the, you know, Tight race for yeah, the last yeah, and then weeks. and then you, I mean, you did the double in twenty eighteen, mm. and obviously the new ownership came in, and but nearly won everything in twenty nineteen again as well. So um, group stages in twenty twenty, which seemed like even football wise, some great memories for yeah. you relative to twenty sixteen. You mentioned like the Ian Dark tweet about your performance at the Emirates and stuff. So probably like happy, happy global attention maybe. From that, from that yeah, experience, from that, yeah, the contrast um, to before. But, sort of so we we come to twenty nineteen. It's clear that your relationship with Vinnie Parrott is different to your relationship with Stephen. Although I think it's interesting that a couple of times earlier in the book, there is a couple of situations in your life. I think Vinnie's the first person you tell about your dad being unwell, actually, because he yeah he was that was yeah. something that was really hanging over you, and we, we, we will reference that. But I think even to some of the personal family stuff, I think people should read the story in some respects. It's hard to like maybe. You know, touch it, run over it all in the course of a sort of a podcast interview. But like Vinny was someone as a number two that you clearly went to in certain situations. Yet it does appear that as manager, your relationship with him wasn't great. Is that fair describing it? Yeah, not initially. 
though initially no. it was it was grand it was good it was brilliant and then obviously it changes but listen that's football and you know relationships you have I suppose um, fallings out or difference of opinions as we were saying earlier about football Like, but Vinny there I would have went to him about my father first of all and stuff like that rather than to Stephen didn't want to bother Stephen he's 20 odd yeah. 20 players to deal with Vinny's very approachable you know um, like that and he was very good as a go-to in his previous role in those you know, situations yeah, yeah sort of thing so um, so yeah so I'd gone to him with stuff like that like as I say in the book and then when you become when he became manager like listen I, I backed him for the role I said you know himself Higgy and O'Donnell I thought it was perfect um, and yeah things but things change Um mm sometimes like I don't know why things change you know um, yeah like you mentioned page uh, page 235 Johnny just want to catch up with your reading no, here no this it's part a, this you, part you, you, first, you, um, you lost 2-1 in Sligo yeah um, that was what I, gonna, I was going to bring up like Vin, Vinny stormed into the dressing room afterwards and said it was rubbish um, you know he was quite critical of the performance and then he said to the players you down tools on me yeah something to pushed over the edge and then you responded and you had a bit of a go back. And also what Rory Higgins said in the same, which is kind of mad when you look at it now, but anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know about your point at the end there, it's kind of mad. Uh, the, the, we'll get the R- Rory Higgins in that, like, so here's a future manager who seemingly got Not the Not everyone move, has read the book got the move seen, right. Oh, right, so, yeah, so yeah, Rory yeah, Higgins you, said, you yeah, 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 you yeah, yeah, said you were spoiled. He said you were spoiled and you lauded Higgins yeah. as kind of, he said he was right, but, yeah. but Vinny's... Um, you know what he said you down tools me actually drove you over the drove you over the edge well that was me it drove, drove me over the edge and listen I was poor to say the least that day and as a team we were very poor uh, I was whipped off and so I tried to say say nothing as such keep your head down you know um, but yeah I didn't I said nothing for the I don't know 20 seconds or whatever after that um, and I expected someone else to say that but it's, I won't be accused of down in tools now maybe it was worded wrong and that but you down tools on me sounds like you you chucked it in on purpose um so that was and that was just a thing at the time and I thought nothing of it talked after it was grand there was never you know anthem from it sort of thing but maybe there was long last and i'm not sure but i've had altercations with managers and it's a competitive environment that's what i'm saying i had altercations with steven as such you know like i said it'd be yeah. frosty and then you talk it out it's grand you know they just want to win. You just want to win. Um, and like I said, sometimes maybe a little bit too, too vocal. But um, yeah, it's uh, just something. Obviously, didn't sit well with me at the time. The word sort of thing. But and I don't know. Maybe maybe that was the change in the relationship then, and maybe it's a lesson yeah, for like me to I learn. Can I ask you that? Yeah, because you 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 didn't laud Vinny by saying that he sort of advised you to go into something after football, and you're you're very very fair. Did he change from? the assistant to the manager was it like was it too much pressure for him because it was a totally and again he's taken over from Stephen Kenny it's like that sounds like the easiest thing in the world in that he got this great and dog team but it's not easy like no it's a it's a tough tough gig because you've got a lot to live up to but um you have to change becoming a manager from coach because like I said Vinny was personal with players you know as a coach because he had to be and that was his mm. role and he was the go-to and in between and um, that's what a manager needs as a coach and then as you became a manager you have to be a little bit different um, your relationship has to be different just like with um, Stephen O'Donnell now as gaffer uh, you know I played with him and friends with him is that the relationship has to be a little bit different and he's the gaffer sort of thing mm. um, so there's no nothing wrong with that because that's mm. the way it has to be um, 
But yeah, no, listen, I thought things were grand. Listen, I was dropped then, obviously, after that game because I was poor. That's it. That's how it is at Dundalk. If you're not good enough, you know, someone else, we have players on the bench that will do the job if you haven't been playing well. And that keeps a competitive environment. And that's what kept us winning because there was such, I suppose, um, competition in the squad the whole time. So, um, yeah, to me, I didn't think too much of it at the time. Obviously, I was just sort of down about playing so shy. Mm. Do you still think it was the right decision that Finney was given the job at the time? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do. And, you know, I was one that... You were a part of it. Well, not a part of it. Not a part of it, but I would have been close in sort of communication with Mike Tracy and stuff like that. And um, I would have said, yeah, uh, you know, Finney, Higgy and... O'Donnell it's, it's a great base for consistency for us um, you could go out and get a manager big name from abroad or anywhere else and that and they want to put their stick of hearing about Stephen Kenny um, and they want to put their own stamp on it um, and then they just make a few changes because of that you know just to make it their team rather than yeah. the previous team that they're hearing about um, and there's no need if it's not broken don't fix it Yeah, um, and I think I think that's what the lads did perfectly but then did, did, did losing Higgins and O'Donnell weaken that package then then if you know what I mean because you very much position it as the continuity was not about one person it was about a team but then you lost some of that team yeah and I think I think look you look at uh, Rory's manager Derry and um, Stephen's now Agafer and the two of the top managers in the league obviously if you're going to lose them out of your management team it's going to weaken yeah. because they've just got great football and brains and they're good people as well and they understand people and you know they understand this generation as well because they're only fresh from playing in terms of psychology and, and players' minds sort of thing yeah. so um, yeah I think any management that has a couple of people like that lose it I, I think it's important to note as well you referenced that there were things were changing off the pitch to Dundalk as well for better or worse which made yeah, things more I, difficult yeah. you know what I mean and it was like so as as Dan has kind of chided me there, you do really need to read the book because there are lots of aspects. There's to aspects to it. Various yeah. Relations. And I think I think that's I think that's a massive factor. That was very very difficult everything. for Vinny. Like yeah. I'm I, I'm sorry, like because it's just Jesus Christ. Some of the madness that's prevailed at Dundalk subsequently. Yeah, and that's it. That's that's what I was going to say. That you know is a big factor. But um, the reasons for that changes in the background, I'm not fully sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So you know but it's about money too it's your job like you mentioned mm. in 2016 you know the, the the bonus for getting through to the group stages was the difference of a deposit of a house or paying mm. for people's wedding or and we've had countless guests on here that can't get a mortgage or can't do anything so i don't think anyone with a sort of a realistic view of the league of ireland like yeah. you know would hold it against anyone for um, for 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 standing their ground, particularly when there's sort of um, certain inconsistencies of payment. But like I've said, if I if I ever did a book of a jockey, I'd like to do the journeyman. The journeyman, no, I understand. It's far more interesting that than like the lad who's on two hundred fifty grand a week. He doesn't have to worry about paying his mortgage. No, and I can relate to that. Do you know no, what I mean? No, but the one thing I would say as well, just because we're, we're coming to the end, like it's actually striking as well that even that Dundalk group that you had at your peak I suppose that sort of that first 2015-2016 team like you did sort of manage to have fun with it as well too like you know I know you got a lot of praise for being unbelievably like driven and that was the case but like you mentioned there was an element of at the right time you knew to to enjoy things you knew to celebrate and you know to 
to sort of um, to kick back and, and relish those moments. And that is something that that, that you did. That was yeah, the case. Yeah, big time. And I think that's something that I might even be guilty of it a little bit myself as we got older or um, as the years went on. Is that like you can't drink, you can't drink, you can't drink ever. You can't at the right time. If you want to have a few drinks, you've got to have a healthy life. You've got to have a balance. And you've got to get away from football and free the mind and enjoy it. The, the yeah. happier you are, the better football you play. And I suppose the younger you are, it's easier to do that because you recover better. You know, you can't be at it every weekend. You can't be out on the sauce the whole time. But when the time's right and you have a good gap or, you know, you might have an extra day off. Then. But, uh, yeah, there was some crack like between holidays with a few lads. Um, you don't tell us what happened to Dane Massey's stag. I mean, you just ha- you dropped that in there and then there's no details. You said it's a non-disclosure <laughs> agreement or something. I can't remember. Um, but you even mentioned like getting back from a game in Cyprus, the Larnaca game, and it was just, I can understand, like people out there have had a bad day at work or a bad situation. And uh, yeah, you, and myself you, and Dane just went into Temple Bar at lunchtime and we just, just sat there for the day and just yeah. got steam and cracking the music and... Um, just needed that. I remember we bumped into a few, I think they were Bose fans and they ended up coming into Coppers with us and all. Like, and <laughs> That's class. Just great crack like that, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah they and I think that probably that closeness that you had with some of those players probably explains the depth of feeling that existed when some of them were let go so cheaply as well. I mean, that was the thing, like you'd been yeah, through so much and then they just sort of get... We were a club built on values. Like yeah. we really were a club built on values, you know, and nobody got, uh, got done over. Um, even lads that mightn't have I suppose applied themselves right and stuff like that and they'd done a season and they just weren't the Dundalk mould you know they were still part of whatever we did that year they were still part and parcel and, you know appreciated um, football I suppose you know many times just you know it's everyone for themselves and stuff like that but we created a club and a, a dress room and a culture with with values um, and people then appreciated each other like not everyone's going to get on the dressing room mm. You've, like I said it's a, it's a game full of egos yeah. so um, like I say in the book there and I, I suppose in a good way Richie it was the Richie Tell show 2015 right and Richie someone I was watching a thing today it was actually Vinny on the I haven't a, seen that but it was, it was a, a Stella theatre thing with yeah, Con Murphy and, and watch. It was really off and Dane Massey yeah. and he says you know Richie was I think it was divisive character he says and so it's a Richie's himself and Richie's um, I suppose flamboyant or he's, he's so driven like he was a massive thing for us in terms of the culture of fitness and that is sort of like he kept going up levels we were all dedicated to doing it but he was sort of going above and beyond in that way so you're trying to keep with him and uh, but on the show or on the the game it was obviously the Richie Tell show in terms of all the media was Richie Richie scored nearly 30 goals in, in from midfield um, and in a lot of other teams a lot of other players would get jealous and there'd be a little bit of yeah to and fro and stuff like that um, and that wouldn't be Richie's fault but that would just be that's normal in teams and a high competitive environment and like I said, all the egos, but whatever we had to do to keep Richie that confident scoring goals, feed the ego, you know, yeah. feed the thing and, and that sort of thing. But that was our team. And I'd say Richie was the same with other people maybe when they got on, you know, but everyone had that appreciation for what someone brought to a team. And I think that shows the values of a team in terms of like, you might be a big fan of someone, but you, you appreciate and you respect what they bring to the table. And that, make, that makes you better. Totally. And I think yeah. that was the biggest thing 
that was a massive thing of our, of our teams. Um, Sorry, yeah. we're getting to the end. I mean, I think um, just to, just to, I mean, towards the finish, are those in the in the, in the present day? Are, are those values back at the club now? Do you think? I mean, for people listening to this, I mean, they're talking about third in the table. You have Stephen O'Donnell back. You've new ownership, but returning ownership or some local element there. Are some of those values back? Yeah, I think you know it's the start, but I think it's uh, it's a positive outlook from everyone. You know, you're looking at. I suppose look at the quality he has the only young players that are coming in that are new that are hungry but you're looking at the positives and the quality that they have and geez he could be this he could be that whereas I suppose the last few years you'd be like oh, he's not doing enough he's not doing enough because they were coming in I suppose under pressure and maybe getting good money mm. um, the mindset's changed that way the values have changed in terms of like the good lads in I'm not saying the lads that came in before weren't good lads we were in COVID so you didn't get to know people yeah. as, as mm, much as well mm. which is a big element of that um, but you can get to know lads a bit more and they're great great lads in the dressing room now and it does remind you a little bit of that um, from from years ago from the start of the previous journey but um, but it's not going to be the same as the previous journey nothing can be the same you know, mm. you can try it. Nothing beats the first time, isn't all of that? Yeah. Everyone's going to be thinking that, and everyone's going to see. Nothing beats the first time. Interesting way to. But no, but it is, I think, but I think that's always isn't that the true. history? Like you got to evolve. That was though. a that and dark run to twenty sixteen was a moment. You can't replicate it. You mm. just have to do your own. Try and create a different version of it. Yeah, but, but you can. You learn mentioned from it. like you were all like to effectively some of you were still part time around that time. So it's mm. sort of a fairy tale that it's very hard to imagine we'd have a team in the future in a part-time type yeah. of setup, trying to do something changed. like that. Do you know what I mean? Everything's so, changed since. It's yeah. more competitive. You've got other teams with more money. You know, Is like, it better now than it has been? I've A lot of people have this debate with me from time, even Bose fan last night, very, very, the league isn't a good standard now. Is it getting better? Is it plateauing? What is it like compared to 2016? I don't know. And, well, when I say I don't know, I don't really want to comment on it. I'm still playing in the league. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to have my opinion of that until I finish playing and I did it unfair the sequel to the book <laughs> no, I think it took long enough for that one and enough edits so. but I think it's it's unfair on me and on yeah, you know fair enough I suppose the other side as well um, because like I said time I suppose can change your opinion you might have mm. opinion now and stuff like that but it, in terms of the league the attendances are up um, it's more competitive than ever people are beating each other um, every you know all around each other except Shamrock Rovers well lately but I suppose they were beaten a few times at the start of the year a couple of times at the start of the year so um, very very briefly and you, you do mention some tragic losses in the book it's good to talk as well like you found this actually therapeutic oh, like though, said, yeah. you weren't actually talking to a counsellor you were talking to Mark McCadden maybe he is now <laughs> yeah, no, he's you a counsellor for a couple of years yeah, me, no, you mentioned like, you, like you, you lost your dad in that 2014 season he'd spent a lot of time with him beforehand um, and you go over the family history so no I I, I, I appreciate that sort of personal subject matter to go down which isn't probably easy to put it out there but maybe I don't know I think there's a lovely moment where you describe not a lovely moment but you describe like you know your, your dad's funeral and like hugging your brother and the closeness of that moment that you felt you know and I think people will, will, will see that through the pages but I assume you mentioned about your mum and brother like are they happy with it but the sort of finished product how it's been presented and all of that I mean are they Cool yeah, I think so. I um, I was waiting for a hardback version to arrive to send it over to my brother there last yeah. week. Now ah, I nice. sent them over copies before, um, and then after, you know, just to get the okay from him, 
and I think he read them but then I said to him what do you think of the whole thing before it was going and he said uh I haven't read the whole thing. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the book. So they're waiting for the So the, the I don't full know whether he has right, enough. Okay. Uh, I think they'll be happy. And it's a, it's a nice story because, as you said, it's it's weird like that it's in the middle of your 20s that you get this big move to Undock. It's not like you were there the whole way through. So for people who are fans of maybe Monaghan or Shells or um, Irish League, a bit of Portadown insight and stuff, it's not just a Dundalk story as well. I think it's important to stress that. And, you know, for putting actors out there, you might get something from it as well. You know, <laughs> not, you not sure about any, that. Any, any, any hotel stays, yeah. you know. Anyone wants to get into some promotional work, they, they know where to go. So um, we have a signed copy to give away. We have the trivia question. So this week's trivia question winner, you won't just get your porterhouse brew, you're also going to get a signed copy. You've literally just I'm made this up there and then, like, you haven't even consulted me on this. You've just I, thrown the whole lot in I told I told you earlier, but you actually weren't listening. <laughs> no, I was time. listening. You were reading two he pages of the, the book. Start. Yeah, yeah, he, even he heard it. You yeah, were reading, but I didn't you think were you were going to give the whole lot. Like, you you were, were, we could give away two prizes you, here. Like. You were too busy <laughs> just looking at page 20 and just calling out some fact from it you've seen. Um, Bookmark on page seven. <laughs> who was Brian Gartland's I mean the answer is contained in the interview uh, who was Brian Gartland's first senior manager the manager when he got his League of Ireland debut a game that you also scored in um, yeah just send us send us your answers to that on LOI Central Pod on Twitter or on Instagram and yeah we'll enter you into this week's draw which will have a yeah it's a, it's a double prize this week so um, that is it What this weekend's fixtures of course Dundalk up to Derry on Friday Actually, I got to start that so yeah briefly obviously but your two former bosses uh, your two former teammates rather such and such um, I, I actually can't wait for this game I think it's going to be a cracker yeah I'm looking forward to it I'd rather be playing in it but um, mm. I'm looking forward to it myself, uh, myself does. of course you were not playing in the Brandywell pitch before because you weren't quite quick enough <laughs> it was too big it was too big yeah um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And you know, there's a little bit in the back of me that giggles because the two lads obviously are, are friendly. And uh, so they don't talk anymore. I'd say they probably don't even talk. You're at the on about that CV's wedding where I don't know was he best man. So they probably don't even talk anymore. Too too <laughs> too much rivalry. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I wouldn't ask. But um, <laughs> the mind games, I presume, trying to predict each other and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, you I, know, if you, if you, it is fascinating yeah. if two people know each other yeah. really well, sort of thing. Um, bluff and double bluff and yeah so um, it's interesting like I said I get on great with Rory still as well but for this week it's uh, it's now they're the enemy even he had to use interest in there that means we're struggling yeah, for what else have we got this Drada, week Finn Harps uh, massive massive game in the relegation battle St. Pat's play Shelburne um, Bohemians Sligo Rovers and then Monday night Drogheda uh, welcome Shamrock Rovers Shells UCD St. Pat's Bowes Sligo Derry City and Dundalk up to Finn Harps in the first division um, Cork City and you, of course we have UCD Shamrock Rovers tomorrow UCD Shamrock Rovers tomorrow night sorry, Thursday yeah. night so, uh, yeah. Cork City Wexford Galway United Athlone Town Treaty uh, United Cove Ramblers and Longford Town Watford yeah Brian listen thanks for coming in as I said it's the, as the shout goes uh, one last shot available in all good books shops and all of that probably yeah. some dodgy ones as well <laughs> thanks, yeah. um, to be clear so yeah, do, do, yeah do, do buy the book like it does actually matter I mean I remember getting what was it the the yeah copies of champagne football on PDF I was like don't be doing this seriously the, it, it's a lot of work buy the bloody book it's 20 quid you know is that fair enough yeah I appreciate that yeah. um, I'm not going to be that lambasting or you know direct with a foot listen I appreciate we were number one 
the week it came out and number two last week in the sports books bestseller so I really appreciate everyone that has gone out and bought it um, or I'll give you a lint of it after I've read it yeah yeah <laughs> for the, one way or the other is that it Dan? yeah we're done listen thanks lads so really that was in association soon. with Future Ticketing Collar and Cuff uh, Porterhouse Brewery Malone Financial Services and One Last Shot by Brian Gartland the forward by and Stephen Kenny and Mark McCadden we'll talk to you next week 